everybody's got to eat. And nobody likes getting sick. That's why heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragusi for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Hello, hello, Francine. Hey, Matt. Hi. Another day, another 50 cents, huh? Prefer to think bigger. (laughs) Uh, As far as the day goes, size matters. It sure does. Money matters. (laughs) Money. (laughs) <laughs> makes the world go round. Yeah, it does. It's not everything, but it helps. Money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking about money, oh my gosh. Back to school for eight kids, nine kids. I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. Yeah. Back to school for nine kids, including my, if you include my daughter who's um, in university, which will be the most expensive back to school I've ever had to do. <laughs> There's only one girl, right? Uh, two. I have, well, yeah, I have two girls. I have I three if you include my foster baby, but two girls, yeah. Two girls. Yeah. The, I think I've only ever seen the oldest. She's beautiful, by the way. She's absolutely beautiful. Thank um, you. She looks just like me. I kind of thought she resembled <laughs> your wife, but. <laughs> look at the, the pause and look on your face, Francine. I'm kidding. Uh... <laughs> See, we knew each other really well, and I was trying to come up with something that wasn't going to sound really, really bad on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We saved the really bad stuff for just our own personal dialogue. <laughs> um, no, she really is. She's, she's very, very pretty. She shows yeah. up every now and then on one of my feeds, and I'm like, how can that possibly be Matt's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kidding. No, she's so it's 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 funny. Like uh uh I don't know if you know country music, but you know that song, Daddy's Money, Mama's Good Looks. <laughs> and look who's looking at me. Yeah. So she's she's her personality is like my personality, so she's very outgoing. And my my wife is an introvert. So my wife is very outgoing if she knows you, but she's not like verbose if she doesn't. My daughter's the opposite. She's she has my personality and uh she has her mom's organizational skills. So, yeah, it's fascinating. She wants to be a doctor, which she'll be great at. But yeah, her so her back to so it was back to school. My wife went out shopping, went back to school, and there's like hundreds of things that they we had to get nuts, just crazy. And then we're gonna be back to school haircuts. So scheduling haircuts for eight people, including myself, is uh, yeah. I had literally have to call the place. They know who I am. They have to fit me in with like uh, five chairs. H- half the kids that get haircuts too um, have special needs of some kind. So wow, that's interesting. One of them, my severely autistic son, does not get haircuts at the haircut place. I I do his haircut, but wow. yeah. So we're getting it ready next week. Next week is the week. It's been a long time since I've been doing since I've done the back to school thing. Long time. I yes. do remember though. Man, I'm ready. I love summer. I had a great time with my kids. It is very difficult working from home with how many children I have. It's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, seriously. I have gotten, I have a great place. I can, I can get myself away from everybody, but um, inside my house, but it's still crazy. The personality profile doesn't help. I struggle working from home. If anybody's home, I struggle doing anything from home. If anybody's home. (laughs) 
I just, I just, I squirrel fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. It's just the right. way it is. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, do you have like to do lists and then you're like, ah, crap. Okay. Why don't I write the things on my to do list that I did do just so I could have the satisfaction of crossing off what I did do. So we laugh all the time about like my notes are awful. You know, the way I write notes are awful. And then it's like, I, I have no idea what my notes mean. So yeah, I'll make a to-do list. And then it's like, you know, I feel so much better if I do things and then make the to-do list. I <laughs> so you are like me. And then it's like, yeah, because it's like, then I feel like some sense of accomplishment. It's not that I don't get things done. I do, I get a lot done, but it's just like, yeah. And at home, you know, you start to do something in one room and you go into the other room and it's like, crap, that needs to be done. So then you start to do that. And then you walk into another room to do something. And it's like, well, that needs done. So you said something done, start doing stuff in that room. It's a wonder anything ever gets done. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that's how we succeed at what we do. Yeah. It's what makes us good at what we do. So, well, and, and I mean, you work with, you work with Balmier now. He and I worked together for, for many years. And, it was perfect because our personalities are very, very different. So Val- Valmir just swapped me out for a female version of me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, Matt, we've already sold our company. I'm starting another company. I need another Matt, but one that's much more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm somewhat organized, you know, but. But finding the fires. So that was where like in terms of my relationship with him, like we, we had projects we had to do really, really big. But one of the things was if there was any type of fire that needed to be fought at that moment in time, that was me. So I was the one that could constantly shift my schedule around to fix any cray cray. And then, then I would bring Valmir in after I knew, you know, okay, here's the problem. Here are three different ways we may be able to solve the problem. Valmir, which, which one do you want? I'll go back out and get it done. Right. And, that worked out very well. So I'm very strategic. I'm very good at crisis management. Yeah. I'm very good at problem solving. And I made a joke yesterday. I hope you know knows I was kidding. Somebody said something. I said, I'm an idea person. <laughs> How we're going to do it? I don't know. I'm an idea person. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was a joke. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Kind of. He yeah. did just swap one out for the other. <laughs> Do what? I don't know. I think it's a great idea, though. <laughs> no, it is a great idea. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. All right. Well, the topic of today hits home with me because it's aspartame. So aspartame just in July. And for those of you who don't know, aspartame is the main non-calorie, no-sugar sweetener that is used in most – I say most. Many but like the vast majority of zero calorie sodas. So diet soda or whatever, zero at the end of it. Aspartame tends to be in those. Yeah. Pretty much anything that's low calorie or no calorie. Right. It's ubiquitous throughout the food chain. It's in so many things. Yes. But the WHO, which is which stands for World Health Organization, sent out a statement that aspartame is possibly carcinogenic to humans, which is so annoying to me because the possibly in front of something very, very important, which is carcinogenics in humans, 
It's like, come on, guys. What do you mean by possibly carcinogenic in humans? So I had to dive deeper in that. What do you think possibly carcinogenic in humans means? So what that means is that, in my opinion, my opinion is that they're pretty sure that it is, and they just aren't willing yet to say that, hey, it is. Um, but we're not ready to commit yet. So we're just going to say possibly for now until we have some stronger data and we don't want to be sued right yet. That's unfortunate. I was hoping you would say, ah, uh, they don't really know. So. No. So this is the thing. I can't stand that flavor. Really? It also gives me headaches. Um, it, it gives me, it, I, you know, I get migraines. Yeah. So I, I can't stand the flavor of that stuff and it gives me a headache. So as soon as I taste something that has that product in it, I know immediately. I don't care if it's yogurt or, and I don't do diet soda, never have, but whether it's yogurt or any other product that has that chemical in it, first bite, I'm done. I just, I can't. I can't tolerate the flavor. And like I said, it gives me a major headache. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I'm not like you. I drink a lot of it. A lot. Like you've seen me just through the podcast. I'll go through two sodas over the course of probably about like a soda an hour in the afternoon or whatever. So I'll drink coffee. That's a lot of soda. Now, I'm not judging. I drink my own share of regular soda. Well, not that much. I probably drink at least one, maybe two a day. That's nothing compared to what you're saying, I guess. But no, I drink regular soda. I didn't drink it for years. And a couple of years ago, I started drinking it again. I do drink soda. I just drink, I just drink the regular sugar. <laughs> right. So right. Much better for you. <laughs> Corn syrup. That's what's that's what you're drinking if you're drinking the US version of it. Uh, yeah. So I drink a lot, and that is definitely something that I am going to be I, I I'm starting to decrease bad things in my life one at a time. So in the past, like I would go like, okay, I'm just going to. I'm going to detox. I'm going to get rid of everything, which is fine for a couple months. And then I would just end up doing everything again. So what I'm doing is uh, getting rid of bad habits one at a time. And soda will be the next one that I get rid of. So what are you going to replace soda with? Yeah. So I am going to replace soda with, I have soda water machine. And then I got little like uh I just get lime water or like limes, actual limes and lemons and stuff. And so I just squeeze that in soda water, which I've done in the past, like whenever I like would detox stuff. So that is what I'm going to replace it with other than coffee or tea. I drink coffee and tea. I really like the, the sparkling aspect of the product. And so that's why I'm instead of, instead of going cold Turkey and just getting rid of it, I'm going to give myself a placebo. See, this is going to sound really odd, but I don't like all carbonated beverages. There oh, are a lot of carbonated beverages I don't like. Well, it's because of part of it is because of the medication that I take for the migraines. It just it, some carbonated beverages just don't. They just taste nasty. But it, it's a side effect from the medication that I take for the migraines. Do you take Topamax for? Yes, I do. Yes, and okay. that is what causes 
there's some. Oh, it, it, it changes. Um, so I took Tope Max for a while. I had a health issue. I had to take Tope Max for a while. And it's fascinating how much that one, it's the only drug that ever happened. And I can, I can almost understand when people said they were, went through COVID and they lost their ability to taste food. Tope Max almost did that for me. I, I, I didn't not, was not able to taste food anymore, but it altered the flavor of some of the food that I had. So when I stopped drinking soda, it was during Tope Max too, because I agree with you that aspartame flavor was nasty on Tope Max. Yeah, it changed. And that's, I quit drinking soda for a number of years because it changes the taste of carbonated beverages. Yeah. So I quit drinking carbonated beverages for a number of years because, oh, it was just, it was terrible. So then I don't know. Well, that makes, that makes more sense. Okay. So in this who article, cause I'm going to go into part of what they're saying is partially carcinogenic. Well, they, they came back out and they said the IARC has said that there's limited evidence in quotes for carcinogens in humans, but it has classified aspartame as a possible carcinogenic in humans. What's more, they reaffirmed, reaffirmed the acceptable daily intake of 40 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. All right, so we're going to go into a diagnosis. Okay, we're going to use, I am going to be the test case in this. Okay, I'm going to let everybody know I weigh about 225 pounds. Yes, big guy. So I was just trying to figure out what that looked like. Okay, so 225 pounds roughly equates to about 100 kilograms, which means theoretically my max dose of aspartame per day should not exceed 4,000 milligrams of aspartame. So put that in perspective, the average soda has 200 milligrams of aspartame. So I theoretically could drink 20 sodas a day before I hit my maximum threshold of aspartame. Yes. So it's, it's, it's a lot of aspartame theoretically. But that's if you're only having it in soda. There's a oh. lot of people out there that are consuming more than just soda dietary products. So if you're having it in your soda and then in your, you know, sugar-free yogurt and in your everything that you consume because you're trying to lose weight and everything that you consume is a diet product that contains aspartame, you may be having a lot of it without realizing it. Very good, Francine. So just just those of you who are brand new that don't know this, we talked about kind of our strategy of the, our podcast. A lot of times, Francine and I will research topics on our own and not tell the other person what we're going to talk about. Not all the time, but a lot of time, probably about 50% of the time, just to see what their reaction is. And you nailed it. I was I was hoping you would pick up on that because I did too. It was like, okay, but I'm not just getting aspartame in soda. And this goes to like very early on in American food safety, one of the main guys who created the whole human test subject went around and was like, okay, yes, we could have borat, for instance, in food, or we could have certain types of like nitrates or whatever in food. 
And you could be underneath the threshold of your daily limit in one item of food if that was all you had Borat in or all you had aspartame in. The problem is, is that within our food industry, because food scientists are geniuses, I really believe food scientists, a lot of food scientists are geniuses, and they're able to bring all these different perfectly fine chemicals, and all food is chemicals. We have chemicals in all food. And bring them in and create amazing products. But what happens is some of these cancerous products, potentially or possibly cancerous products, that are fine in minimal doses, stack up on each other. Mm -hmm. Boom, 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 boom. And then you end up having that threshold. And I would say there's a possibility that I hit that threshold on a regular basis. I'm not saying I drink 20 sodas a day. I don't drink that many sodas a day, but I probably drink a six pack a day. And so then, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting my one third limit of aspartame. And then whatever else I eat on top of that, if it's any processed foods that have aspartame in it, yeah, there are to- probably a couple days out of the week I'm hitting that. <laughs> why, why are you nodding your head like that, Ramsey? Ramsey's like, good knowing you. You probably aren't going to live as long as I have already. <laughs> because people... The average person, the perception is, you know, I'm doing this to try to better my health and they're not, you're not, you're killing yourself. (laughs) You like how we laugh at this stuff? (laughs) We've talked about this before. We laugh at the, you know, most ridiculous things. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's like, it's so ridiculous. You don't think it through. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so I need to go on a diet. So I'm going to buy all these diet products and I'm going to try to eat better because I'm going to buy all these diet products so that I eat less calories. Just eat healthy. Yeah. Which, uh, and you say that, but for, for a lot of people, it's hard to eat healthy. Okay. Well, I'm, I don't eat healthy either. I mean, I'm not a healthy eater. Yeah. And, And it's, and it's back to that definition of what healthy is, right? Because a lot of health food has aspartame in it because it's, it's not sugar. It's a, a sweetener that has zero calories, that the population of the United States has built a flavor profile of. Like, I actually like that flavor. I've consumed so much of it throughout my whole entire life. I prefer aspartame to to sugar. I know. Isn't that fascinating? And, and, And I mean, complete like being open, I bet there are huge swaths of the American population that is the same exact way. And they'll say like something like, oh, this is too sweet. Like I'll say that all the time. Like, oh my gosh, I could taste the same type of vitriol effect that you have drinking aspartame, Francine. I have drinking sugar or or our version of sugar, which is corn syrup in any, in any type of uh, products. To me, like I cannot stand that flavor. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating because I like to understand myself, but I also like to understand it in the larger context of why and who else is is fits in the same category as myself. Not not to like toot my own horn, but just go like, oh my gosh, if I'm struggling with this because of XYZ, I bet there are millions of other people that are struggling it for the exact same reason. Absolutely. But I bet we can go through our cabinet and find at least my pantry. Well, you've seen my pantry. <laughs> So it's like a convenience store. <laughs> I mean, it has to be 14 people live in your house. So you, you need a, you know, a mini convenience store. Yeah. And how much of what we consume has to do with like marketing 
of the products. Oh, yeah. You know, think about that. My husband, or my husband, my son and I had this conversation last weekend, you know, about the truth in marketing and the, you know, how we're swayed by the truth in marketing. And, you know, the marketing doesn't exactly have to be 100% true. It just has to have a percentage of the truth. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, it just can't be false. Can't be false. false exactly. That was our conversation. It just can't be false. It doesn't exactly have to be true. It just can't be a lie. Yes. Which is fascinating. Which is just, yeah. We're seeing that. Oh, we are. Right now in our industry. I mean, we don't want to go into politics, but we're seeing that now with, uh, again, huge swaths of population that had been marketed into consuming certain products based on a lifestyle. And then, you know, all their friends would consume the same products. All their friends would go to the same stores. Everybody would, would, and then because of some sort of change in marketing, literally billions of dollars of net worth gone overnight because of it. A lifestyle or a perception of a lifestyle, either one. Yeah, You know what I mean? So what brought this up was a product that said made with cage-free eggs. What the hell's a cage-free egg? <laughs> well, the egg was never in the cage. Cage-free eggs. That's what it said. <laughs> and it's a product that you probably have in your house. You know? I mean, I did. He went in my refrigerator and got it. Because <laughs> I said when we were talking about it, I'm like, I, I guarantee you I have some of that in my refrigerator. <laughs> He's like, I just, you know, I just never really noticed it. And I was looking at it and it's like, cage-free eggs. He said, now, you know, the you yeah. what what is the perception of a cage-free egg? What does that mean? I know that the people who are interested in cage-free eggs are assuming that that egg, that, that chicken is cage-free or free-range, more importantly. Oh, absolutely. And then what we know about cage-free chickens is like, that's just a whole nother podcast. I mean, we don't have time to do that right now, but is that truth in marketing? I mean, it depends. I mean, there are definitely companies out there that do that legitimately. I mean, every company that markets it does it legitimately in how they market it. But some are definitely more, very few, but some are definitely more towards the spirit of what that is as opposed to just, oh yeah, what we do is we don't we train our chickens at a very young age not to leave the cage. And then we open up the door when they're too old, they don't care anymore. <laughs> and now they're cage free. And they're really not going to wander outside, but they could, you know, if they wanted to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's basically what this conversation was <laughs> They have about, an option so. to, but they don't because they've never been trained they could, to. But you know, they're not going to. The yard's out there, but they've really never gotten into it. <laughs> yeah. So really... <sighs> I'm interested in this because what does that look like? Okay, so you know we've had a lot of conversations in our in our industry about the pros and cons of corn syrup, which is ubiquitous in, in the United States. I mean, we literally have tariffs against bringing sugar into the United States from other places just to prop up corn syrup. Really, I mean, they'll say to prop up our own sugar industry, but we grow sugar in like two places. Certain places, I think, in the south and in a minute scale and, and in Hawaii. But the vast majority of the sugar that we consume in the United States is a corn is, is corn syrup, which is protected by the corn lobby. That's why we have corn in our fuel that we use to drive our cars, et cetera. So if aspartame 
if more data comes out, because it looks like there's going to be a lot more tests done, if it comes out that it is cancerous, what does that look like? And then what would be the alternative? And then how long would it take consumers to stop drinking a diet soda like what I'm thinking about doing shortly as a lifestyle? What does that look like? And how long would that take? That's the type of things that like I think about. Well, and it's another one of those products that people were addicted to. Oh, I'm totally addicted to it. 100%. You know, so, and then people will argue, you know, well, you know, this can't possibly be true. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. Because there will be the denial. People won't believe it. And then there, you know, the whole addiction factor. Some people won't care. There will be people that will just, you know, just hearing it and seeing it will be enough. I don't know. That'll be interesting. It's it's just one of a myriad of different things that we have to figure out. This is a shame, but I think people will quit eating spinach and lettuce quicker than they're going <laughs> to diet soda. You're absolutely correct. You know what I mean? When there comes, something comes out about romaine lettuce or spinach – that's going to stop much faster than the diet soda. Yeah. Oh, well, you, yes. Particularly the people that don't eat that to begin with. Like, for instance, you're a big salad consumer. I would say that with such disgust. <laughs> <laughs> like there was attitude in that. <laughs> so you're not going to stop eating salad. Vegans and vegetarians are not going to stop eating raw vegetables or whatever. I think more people who don't already eat romaine and spinach will now use that as an excuse not to continue eating romaine and spinach. Okay. Absolutely. They will. But let me make something clear. I like them. I don't eat it. I actually like, I like salad. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the people who like it will not give it up. They're still going to like in poisoned. They're still going to go to they're still going to go to the restaurants. They're still going to order a salad. They're still going to order a salad at their homes. If they're if that's their habit, they're gonna they're gonna do it. I just think it's an excuse. People are gonna be like, no, I don't. I mean, I I like salad as well. It's just not it's not what I eat all the time. That will be another one of those habits where I do one at a time. <laughs> and even in the food safety world, like no, it's the the, the, uh, the chances of me getting. The chances of me getting sick from eating a salad are minute enough to not be worried about it. Like I, I should consume salad because it's healthy for me and the one in a million chance of, of me getting sick from that don't outweigh the health benefits of doing it. And so I, if I'm going to be honest though, I will say that I do think about it when I eat <laughs> salad. Just because, yeah. you know, the last several years have I eat spinach salads much less than I used like to. Like Mike Taylor. <laughs> I love spinach salads. Like Mike Taylor, the former <laughs> FDA director, when he was asked like in Poisoned by the – uh, he was like uh, – she was she asked everybody if they eat it and Mike Taylor was like, I think about it. <laughs> I eat my salad, but I still eat the salad. Yeah. Well – I'm not quitting this weekend, my soda. But I will let everybody know when I do. Joe does a good job of editing out me drinking the soda. But we, I mean, I drink throughout the whole – you too. I don't think he's ever gotten an image of you drinking your monster. No, I don't know. Yeah. And it's not – I'm not addicted to the soda. I'm addicted to the caffeine, which I can get from coffee or from tea or whatever. But 
Yeah. It's absolutely the caffeine. It's the caffeine. Yes. Well, should we talk about a food safety myth? I have a myth for you. When I microwave food, the microwaves, you know, those mysterious, beautiful nuclear microwaves kill the bacteria. True or false? They kill the bacteria? Yes. The microwave kills the bacteria? Yes. It's the microwave itself or cooking it to a high enough temperature Uh, kills the bacteria? I mean, what's the question? the question. Does the microwave kill it? Yes or no? Cooking the food to a high enough temperature. I feel like this is a trick question, Matt. I don't know. I don't have enough details. Cooking the food to a high enough temperature. That is accurate. That is accurate. So- uh, Kills the bacteria. The microwave itself does not kill the bacteria. Um, it also does not cook from the inside out. Ah, uh, that's, that's- Okay, so microwaves aren't what kill bacteria. It's the heat generated by the microwaves that kill bacteria in the food. Microwave ovens are great time savers that will kill bacteria in food when heated to a safe internal temperature. However, foods cooked unevenly, which is what microwaves do, they don't cook food evenly because they may be shaped irregularly or may vary in thickness. Even microwave ovens equipped with turntables can cook unevenly and leave cold spots in food where harmful bacteria could survive. So that very accurate. I knew you were going to get that one right. Well, it's like, it's sometimes I feel like it's such a trick question. It's like, I'm not sure what you're looking <laughs> for. So when you have products that are like dense over here and not as dense over here, the molecular structure over here, like they rub together yep. much faster over here. So it gets hot over here and over here. They're not as like this demonstration. They're not as close. So this is where you have a hot spot and over here you don't. This is really nice, Francine, because we have a podcast. So when you um, describe over here and over there, people all over the world know exactly what you're doing. But for the video clip. (laughs) For the video clip. It is. It is dense here and they're moving around real, real quickly and it gets hot here and over here. It's not as hot because it's sparsely distributed. A hot spot, cold spot. Yes. Did you like that? I love that. That was that was a They got the over here and over here. I'm sure they understood what I was saying. <laughs> uh, thank you for that visual on our podcast, Francie. Hey. <laughs> Video club. <laughs> yes. So the unevenness and the other thing too is it's not gonna kill any poison that could have been thrown off by the bacteria as well. So if there was any any of that. But yes, the um microwave is not what kills it. Heating the food to the right temperature consistently across the product, that is what will kill the bacteria. So, I just had a, so when somebody gets hold of this on TikTok, a video clip, I can just see the stitch now. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mind. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Well, speaking of your minds, before we blow it up any further should we call it an episode call it a day another one of the books okay this episode crosses over that threshold of exactly half a year what does it cross over the threshold it actually is at that threshold it should be 27 we just did 26 this should oh, be you're 27 right. it does cross over the the threshold we're at 27 yeah so this is half a year crazy my daughter was just talking about um i know listening to our our podcast she's going to get her whole entire my my daughter's getting a degree in biology and uh she's gonna get she says she's gonna get her whole entire biology 
class in UCCS to listen to our podcast because they're all going to be a bunch of nerds too. So <laughs> I love it. You know what? This is the thing. And um, now that you don't know, we've caught at the end, I'm going to continue the conversation. I so hated science Me in too. high school. Hated it. Science, biology, wanted nothing to do with it. And here I am. I know. Okay. So I was not a fan of biology. In high school, I got a D in biology. And then the next year I got, and I, I t- t- told my family, I was like D for done. Mind you, I was like, um, oh, I was going through a period of time where I lived with a new family member every single year. So everything I owned was in a duffel bag. Studying was not high on my list of things to do. Surviving was really high on my list of things to do. That and girls, survival and girls were like the two things and sports. But like uh, that next year I took chemistry. I was in a completely different place. I took chemistry. I said to my chemistry teacher the first day, like I'm taking this class because I have to, I got a D in biology. So I'm, I just hope I pass your class. Literally said this to the guy at the end of the year, he took me outside on the very last day of school And he said to me, you are the student at which I keep coming in to school year after year. He said, you came to me and you were like, I'm going to barely pass your class. And then I ended up getting an A in chemistry. Absolutely loved it. Was one of his tutors. And that's where I was like, hey, maybe science science could be for me. And it it was the teacher. My teacher was absolutely amazing. So any teachers out there, even when a student comes up to you and is like, yeah, I'm barely going to be able to do this. I'm not a science guy or whatever. Name the, 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 the class. Make it your goal to, to change that person's mind because it may alter their whole entire career. Look at us. Yeah. Teachers can make all the difference. Chemistry. I loved chemistry. Still to this day. Absolutely love chemistry. And biology now. It grew on me. One microbe at a time. <laughs> Teachers and good bosses. Mm-hmm. can change somebody's life forever. 100%. Yeah. Hopefully parents too, since I have so many children. Yes. <laughs> Good parents. Bad parents leave legacy too, but usually in a different direction. As a whole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now on that note, let's not eat poop. Yes? Can we agree on that? Yes. No poop. No poop. No poop. All right. Have a great day. You too. 